0: This podcast contains spoilers for all Cosmere works by Brandon Sanderson. Hey everyone, welcome to Cosmere and Coffee. I am your host Tom, and I'm here with my brother Mike and my good friend Nick. Hello. Hello. And... So today, the primary focus of the episode is going to be on the uh, most recent spoiler live stream, which was a bit ago. Um, But there's a lot of really cool stuff there that we're excited to talk about. But we decided to try Mm -hmm. something new where um, this is going to be, if this works, a recurring segment um, where one of us is going to bring just some random topic that the other two, we have no idea what the topic is. And they're just going to throw it on the table and we talk about it for a little bit. So uh-huh. today, uh, Mike has promised to throw something interesting at us. So I'm just going to toss the podcast ball across an entire state over to my brother, Mike. <laughs> what do you got for us, Mike?
1: All right. So I want to, it's it's kind of an obscure one. Um, so I'm expecting I'll have to kind of remind you guys of it. And then I'd just like you to speculate about what... What it might all mean, I guess. You underestimate our yep. power. <laughs> um, so specifically, I'm going to talk about the myth of Parasaphi and Nadris What? Uh, no. Yeah. Does that, that yeah, ring any no, bells for you? A, no. My
2: confidence was misplaced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that was the uh, pronunciation I was trying to look up right before we we started. Gotcha. Um, I would record. not have guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's presented to us by mostly by Navani um, way back in Way of Kings um, during a discussion between Dalinar, Nivani, and Renard. Um, what they're they're talking about Dalinar's flashbacks. Um, and it's very shortly after they've decided that the flashbacks are probably real. Okay, by Um, doing, like,
0: the language bit and everything. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, So it's,
1: like, it's very shortly after that. Um, And they're, essentially, they're speculating and and trying to figure out what the desolations are or what they were. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, And Navani, as the historian in the bunch, of course, um, is explaining that she doesn't think there are any primary sources left, um, any, any primary accounts of the desolations. Except then she remembers, well, okay, the myth of Parasafia and Nadris does refer to them. So then she relays the myth um, to Renarin and Dalinar. And Renarin makes the remark that his mother told it to him. Told him this story in his childhood.
0: Hmm. Um, Which I guess at that time doesn't mean much. Right. Right, Yeah, we didn't know anything about
1: that at the time. Um, But it is, well, so that much is kind of explained by... The it seems like this is essentially the creation story or the creation myth of the Makabaki people Um, or specifically the people of Marna, who Navani speculates is a predecessor people to the Makabaki people. Mm -hmm. Okay, but anyway, the gist of the the myth is that um, after one of the desolations or perhaps the first desolation. Um, but I think the story is, is ambiguous on that point. But after one of the desolations, um, Parasafi um, is the, the leader of a, a mostly unpopulated people, like a fallen people. Um, and in order to repopulate her people, she climbs the peaks of Dara, or Dara um, to find stones that were touched by the heralds themselves. Um, sure. she brings down what turned out to be the 10 seed stones and she goes to Nadris, who is probably her lover, on his deathbed and harvests his seed to bring life to the stones. Then they hatch forth 10 children, which she uses to found a new nation, which is Marna, thought to be a predecessor of, of the Makabaki people's. And that's essentially the whole story. At least that's what we have. That's of that. the whole... she, So there's a desolation. Uh-huh. Her people are are fallen. She climbs the peaks of Dara, finds ten seedstones touched by the heralds, brings them down, apparently gets it on with her, her lover dude, and and they use his seed and the ten seedstones to birth ten new peoples. Hmm. So... That's what I'm wondering. That it feels to me like I stumbled upon this on a, a reread maybe a year or two ago. Um, oh and it just feels to me like something Sanderson is using as foreshadowing for sure. But yeah. I, I still don't really know what. I have some some speculations of my own, but I'm curious first um, in in hearing what you guys come up with on the fly.
2: That's fascinating. I totally, like, did not pick up on anything important about this in my – I totally forgot about it even in my recent, like, re-listen of Way of Kings. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if this is, like, almost uh, the Macabaki myth for the creation of the Radiance, because, like, the Heralds founded the Ten Orders of Knights Radiant. yeah. And so that's like that was immediately what my mind jumped to that this might be something related to that but I don't know what the the like the whole importance of like seed stones and like that yeah would be
1: I think there like definitely that makes some sense um so let one me thing get they, my shot yeah, out yeah, there before yeah, we before yeah yeah we, go, go for it. Uh-huh. before
0: yeah yeah well I was going to say I went in a very different direction in my head um my immediate thought was this has to be a story that dates to like Ashen or very close post Ashen? Um, okay.
2: Hmm.
0: Like having mm-hmm. to do with like the migration to Roshar, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. the desolate, and then later retellings mistook the catastrophes on ashen for a desolation and like mixed it up in the order of the Mm -hmm. timeline oh that's fascinating that was my immediate thought is that this is actually pre-desolations but it actually got all mixed up um and how people were telling it because people as they went on sort of forgot that there are like bad things that happened before the desolations
1: yeah right like any any bad thing in history is a desolation
2: yeah, well, and it's also worth considering, like, if we if we consider the fact that, like, almost in an unreliable narrator sense, like, the myth over time could have changed, mm-hmm. the number involved yeah. may not have been 10, because we just know that 10 is, like, a holy number on Roshar. Yeah. So, like, it could have been any number, but for the sake of, like, a good myth, you know, like. It gets taken
0: all over to 10, get, yeah. Yeah. that's always possible yeah. as well. Yeah. Now, in terms of what it actually means, I don't know. It was just like my gut response was like, this sounds like a pre-Desolation story from like very close post-Ashen. that got sort of rounded into the overall Desolation mythology over time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. And then and then maybe like, well, but we we have the Heralds. Were, were the Heralds Heralds before the the you know, before the people came over from Ashen,
0: no, so that would be part of or, my like theory is that like the heralds got wrapped into it later, mm-hmm.
1: okay? But but maybe like the the so the heralds were gonna like in this branch of the theory, like probably the heralds weren't directly involved in the the factual story, right. yeah, yeah. Kind of what well, it'll
2: it'll almost be like uh almost like the Voronism, like co opting the Makabaki myth and making it align with like the voren understandings of myth and history. Uh, um, that's also like, possible. Yeah. yeah. Cause like if, if there's plenty of yeah. examples of like, you know, Christianity doing that across history, like, okay. you know, uh,
1: so, yeah. um, so one of my theories is significantly different. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out yeah. now because I don't want to speculate any further before we at least touch on it. Um, and one of like the, the first places my head goes when I reread this was that, um, I, I didn't go quite as far back as Tom, but I, like, I went back to what would have been either the first desolation or, or like very early on in, in conflict between Singer and humans on Roshar. And, and my thought is that perhaps this is... Um, a story that was, you know, part of the the creation mythos of the Singer people, or the Dawn Singers. Um, and then, you know, because we, we've already had the twist where it turns out that the Voidbringers were humans, you know? So when we were presented with this story in Way of Kings, um, we didn't know that twist yet. We were presuming that, you know, Voidbringers were the non-humans coming in and and invading Roshar. Um but now you know we know that that was turned around. So, so my thinking is that um, there's at least a chance that this is this is a singer story that's been co-opted by Voronism in a similar sense. And then, rather than being the, the story of the foundation of the knights uh, of the the Radiance, uh, um, maybe this is the for, the foundation okay. fused and hmm. and like Odium's forces essentially.
0: Interesting. And turn the nine into a ten. <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. For the sake of good vorgism, or, or
1: perhaps. Well, then there's also. Well, again, uh, uh, like something that I've been like trying. This kind of goes back to something we were talking about in the last episode. Um, but I, I still like almost any story that's that's me speculating about Roshar. There's always like a little piece of me that's wondering if if the creation of the unmade is related to any of this. Um, so I've, I've long had suspicions that there's something more, there's a connection we don't understand yet between the heralds and the unmade. Um, so maybe this is an indication then that um, the heralds did have something to do with Um, either, like, the creation of the the separate fused orders, I don't know if that's the right word, um, or with uh, the unmade themselves. And maybe this is the story of the unmaking of the unmade, for instance. Yeah. I I don't know. This is
2: a really good fight, Mike. Um, I think there's definitely something to this, and I'm uh, very curious to find out what it is.
0: Um. (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to think through the actual content of the story. So it's ten seed stones combined mm-hmm. with a dude's. We'll just go with seed. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't have
2: You don't want to yeah. say. Seed works you don't want to say me. come on this podcast.
0: I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Here we are. All right. But well, you uh, didn't. Well, yeah. Time. Tom didn't say it. I'll I'll fall on that sword. <laughs> okay. So
1: we're taking this one. <laughs> <up and laughs> that's a little. That's a little too on the nose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that one. Um, yeah. No, but seed in the seed stone, and then they become people. That's a weird one, right? Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. I do.
2: I do love. Um, that the Coppermine included this on the page for this this myth, that Dalinar Kellin found the idea that people were born from rocks to be ridiculous. Thanks, Coppermine. <laughs> Thanks for that inclusion.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, what could that refer to? I mean, I guess, like, my initial thought is, like, it has to do with, like, bringing Singer blood into the human bloodline. Is that anything? <sighs>
2: And it maybe, I don't know if there's like really a precedent for like that sort of thing from what we've well, we seen there. Well, we s-
1: well y- yeah, like rock eaters. Horn eaters. Or, wow. Well, Horn eaters. Horn eaters. <laughs> well, I guess.
0: Yeah. They, I guess I really. never made that connection. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's like extremely canonical. Yeah.
1: Brandon said that a yeah, lot Yeah, that's of pretty much confirmed, I think. The- Today Ooh. I learned. Even, even Vadens, I think, probably have a, a little bit of, yeah, blood. well, the implication that I've gotten is
0: basically everybody has some singer blood. Um, the Horn Eaters yeah. especially have a lot of singer blood, um, as do the herdasians. Um, Interesting. And yeah. then the Vedans have singer blood because of their proximity By way of to horn the eater. Horn Eaters. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah never, never made that connection before. Today I learned.
0: Yeah. No. Singers and humans <laughs> got freaky with it, um, which just goes to show where there's a will, there's a way.
2: There's a will, there's a way.
1: <laughs> well, I don't have too much. I don't think we're gonna find any or like settle on any consensus yeah. on this one. That's not that wasn't my expectation. But like, there's got to be something here. Essentially, is is I want to put it on everybody. Yeah, yeah. Radar. good cat. Uh, maybe we can crowdsource yeah, some for insight sure. on this
2: one. Um. Yeah, like I said, I'm uh, there's. I'm sure we're gonna learn more about that. That's gonna tie back in some way. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. He wouldn't just put that there for no reason, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I be can't believe I just forgot about that. Because as you were talking about, like, I'm like, what the fuck, a guy nuts in this myth? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's easy to forget
2: because, like, as of now, it doesn't connect to anything else that we yeah. really know yeah. of, except for like a mention of the heralds and the inclusion of the number 10. And that's kind of it. Yeah, You know, yeah. and like they, they tied it within the proximity of a desolation, you know, but not, we don't know which one. We don't know if it's the first, we don't even know if it's actually a desolation. So like it, we don't have a lot to go on. So it's just easy to forget on that merit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about the uh, spoiler stream? Let's do it.
2: Sweet. So there's it. a lot
0: of juicy stuff here. Um, we were talking about this before we started recording, even, and we were like trying to think if we wanted to like filter this down, but like most of this is pretty good, so I think we're basically just gonna run it top to bottom. Um, I do want to give a big thank you to the folks over at the Coppermine and specifically the Arcanum for the work they did putting this together. Um, it's making this a lot easier for us, so thank you very much. Seriously, great work,
1: everyone. Um, do we want to do sure. something? Maybe we could no, even. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna, maybe we could even uh link. To this, the that's uh, a good idea page in our Facebook. Yeah, that would note. check the that's show nice. notes. Yeah,
0: definitely show notes too. Yeah. Um, one well, thing we can do is just sort of like rotate around. So maybe like me, Nick, Mike, me, Nick, Mike, as we kind of go through these, um, sure. sort of reading them out. Yeah. And if we run into one that we don't think is very interesting. We can just skip it. But a lot of these are really good. So, I'm just gonna start with number one. Um, so this is asked by Page Runner. If a well-studied singer were to become an Aether bound, how would they, with their innate understanding of tones, evaluate the core Aether's claim to be independent of Adenalcium and the Shards? And then Brandon answers, They would not have enough experience with the Cosmere in general to be able to say yes or no. How about this? If they went to all the different tones and compared them, they would find something different happening with the Aethers, I think is what the question is getting at. So yes. There is some evidence cosmologically for the Aether's claims to be independent of Adenosium. There are also evidences that Arcanists could put forward that say otherwise. Hmm.
1: There's like a few different tidbits just in yeah. this that are almost like separate tidbits. Yeah, done right. At. What do you think the different tidbits are? So the, the first is that Aether's... Maybe don't have a tone, but they have something that's at least tone adjacent, yeah. right? But it's like if a, uh, I think essentially what we're saying that if a singer had a luhel bond, then the singer would be able to feel discern mm. something like a tone. So like like that by itself is a pretty big thing, just just like yeah. on its own. A- and then we get like some things where we can start to speculate about what that tone might be is or like really like it's a relative uh description next to like a tone of a of a shard Then I mean, we can uh yeah. on that. the way
0: i kind of read this so i actually filtered it through the idea of like bronze um figuring oh. that like someone burning bronze would be able to like tell something different with an aether mm. and if they're like mm-hmm. sufficiently gotcha. sophisticated could like at least try and assemble an argument for why it would be like different than other forms of investiture.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, and
2: I mean it's also super interesting here that like talking about like one of the things, and this I think comes up later in a in a later question, um, the idea that the aethers predate Atanalsium, aden- aden- um, and uh, having there being at least some tangible evidence to that um, th- it, through this, you know, uh, evaluation of the, the tones um, is super interesting that there's like some credence to that claim. Um, even if like, you know, as Brandon adds the caveat that like, you know, Arcanus can argue otherwise. Um, I think this is pointing to something very interesting about the very, very like beginning, like almost creation myth of the entire cosmic. Yeah.
0: I'm going to throw something out there that I, feel like I have a gut guess for how this would go down and why it would be like a subject of debate. So what I, what I think that someone attuned to the tones or burning bronze or any other method of like investiture detection, what I think they would find is that the different aethers are all different from each other in the way the shards are different from each other. And different from any shards, but not necessarily in like a cat. Like, I think that what they would find would be that like the the rhythm of any particular aether is not connected to the rhythm of any of the shards and is like its own thing, but it is not necessarily like a different type of thing than the rhythm of a shard if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
2: Yeah, that makes Yeah, sense. I think so.
0: Should we go number 2? All
2: right, yeah,
0: let's do it. Nick, take it away
2: all right this is uh oh boy we're getting into the the thing where we have to pronounce uh other people's usernames uh this is a question posed by uh Dunkelheit. uh chris mentions in the Ars arcanum that her research suggests that uh, another set of abilities more esoteric than void bindings um uh, you have said before that there uh that the only magic we haven't seen is void binding do you ha- uh, oh, but you have also said that uh, no one has used cultivation magic on screen, not counting boons and curses. Uh, is this other set of esoteric abilities cultivations magic? And is it called life bound life binding? And Brandon has said Raffo, uh enthusiastically um, and said that that's a great question. Um, and then uh, he adds, uh, remember that when uh I originally conceived the Stormlight Archive, I was thinking of 30 magic systems, and I decided that that was uh, instead three groups of 10, and I wasn't going to call it 30 magic systems. And indeed, that's even vague, because uh, there are fabrials, Uh, fabrials are their own magic system, Um, what's going on, but anyway, who knows? Um, (laughs) And I, I think that's actually great speculation, and I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense.
0: Okay, there's like some sort of that's, life binding thing.
2: That life binding is like the next set of magic system we haven't seen yet. Uh, it's cultivations magic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that's that's my two cents on that. Okay,
0: so uh, I do have a slight sort of like theoretical quibble, sure. Which is, I've always understood the surge binding to be. A merging of honor and cultivation because it's like the cultivation of the person through oaths. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. I, I yeah. would just need the same.
1: Or yeah, well, keep, yeah. Keep going. no. Yeah. More, no I more, mean, much. I think that that's keep most really
0: of it. it. Is just to me, I'm not sure there's a strong like symmetrical need for a cultivation based system because we already have it. We've seen it on screen with the radiance.
1: Well, can I can I suggest? a different framework then which this is uh this is hot off the press this isn't something that i've uh thought about before but i'm wondering about right now um what if surge binding is as you suggest um at the intersection of cultivation and honor essentially um what if i'll suggest that void binding is actually at the intersection of honor and odium that makes a lot of sense and then what we're missing is the intersection of cultivation and odium. Yes.
2: hmm
0: Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Which
1: makes a lot of sense with terravodium and cultivation. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I,
0: oh, I just had another buddy. thought, too. Tom had a brain blast. Yeah, I had a brain blast. So, <laughs> um, well, because, like, when we think about binding something, to me, that feels very honor. Uh, so it might be that it's yeah. not going to be a form of binding at all. Uh, Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good
2: point. Well, we don't even necessarily know exactly how void binding works, except, I mean, it is called void binding. Um, So, uh, but we know that there isn't, like Brandon has said, there's not like one-to-one correlations between all the different uh, types of void binding and all the different types of surge binding. There's similarities, um, but they're not always one-to-one. Uh, so yeah, like it could be that each of these magic systems do fundamentally work in different ways if they have some similarities here or there.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I do think that the surges yeah. are to some extent inherently of honor. Like the idea of the I surges that is, is very honor-oriented.
1: Yeah. I, I think like they're, they're making use of things that are just, like, inherent to the, the universe, yeah. to the Cosmere. But then I think, the, like, the the lines drawn between them and, and, like, the way that they were, you know, divided into ten, like, parallel, even surges, I think that was probably done by Honor. Well... Or, like, the use I of go, Honor's I, power.
0: So, I think I go a step further on this, which is that I think okay. that the portion of Aiden Allseam's power that Honor holds is the portion that created the surges in the universe as universal laws.
1: Hmm. Okay. So that is a little bit different than my conception, which is that like my, my thinking was like, probably like the surges weren't like condensed as surges until later on in the history of the Cosmere, like after the chattering of Adonisium okay. mm. and like honor coming to Roshar is when I was thinking, like, the surges were crystallized in their current form. But but I'm definitely willing to— Well,
0: I, I actually agree with that. Agree so, with that. yeah, I, okay. I think that—it's actually not the surges. I think the surges are the physical laws of the universe filtered through um, perception.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and are, okay. con- like, culturally contingent, I think. I think that the surges could have shaken out differently. So what I actually mean is that I think that, like, the actual, like— actual physical laws of the universe are within like honors domain. And then those like filtered through human perception or singer perception become Mm -hmm. in this context, the surges. Mm -hmm. And then because they crystallize that way, at some point in the past, they kind of continue to shake that way, but could, could have shaken out differently. And in like a different, totally isolated context might indeed like shake out different in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that does um, make sense. Um, so what well, I'm yeah, going to say, so, like, so let's talk about the 30 magic systems thing. Uh-huh. Ah, so yeah. I will say that I think that when he's talking about it that way, he essentially is saying that, like. um, Wind running is a magic system. Bondsmithing yes. is a magic system. Is that where we're, the page we're yeah. on? OK. Yeah,
2: that's kind of how I interpret it anyway. Yeah. But, okay. But yeah. Yeah.
1: So and then essentially, I think. You can kind of extrapolate from there that when he is talking about 30 magic systems, he's thinking about there's 10 pairs of surges, given that they're like in a Mm -hmm. circle, they're parallel, like they're adjacent to each other, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then there's three, either it's three shards, cultivation, odium, honor, or it's three pairs of shards.
0: that like interact to create like three different parallel systems that mm-hmm. shake out as, like, 30 different... Yeah. So I think that's what he originally had in mind, at least. hmm And then I would expect that he might have evolved this even more since then. As he, like, suggests yeah, that the idea like, fabrials are kind of a complication on yeah. top of all of it. Right. But, um, I guess another question I should throw out here is, like, do we think that what the fused do counts as void binding? That was my
2: interpretation
0: of it. Um,
2: That could very easily be wrong, though.
1: Yeah, I think it's not, but I'm I'm equally willing to. Yeah, but like (laughs)
2: if it's not void binding, what is it? Especially like we have Brandon talking about 30 different magic systems here.
1: Actually, can I I use that to suggest another topic that is related to this and and maybe like even like this is contingent on our understanding of it? There are no rules here. What is corrupted investiture? How does it work? Uh, um, can I introduce like a little a little thought? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll I'll put it. Okay, I'll start here. So I think Odium's color yeah is gold essentially. Uh-huh. Now we see most of Odium's forces are red and gold, um, but we understand that red is the color of corrupted investiture so even if like autonomy corrupts investiture and then uses it that's gonna be red i do think violet Um, is also associated okay well unless
0: you had a thought for light, but like void light seems to manifest in a sort of like black violet thing right
1: uh yes i think void light well is it it's kind of like red and actually now i'm just like kind of blanking what color is void light is I it I was as like
0: black and
2: violet, yeah, like a slight violet hue um yeah, so,
1: yeah, keep going, but yeah. anyway um I guess like really my question is like just what is corrupted investiture because it seems like like in a practical sense, where we see the color red um, is when a shard is emulating the magic of a different shard. Um, like with, with the soldiers that are trying to invade Scadriel in, in the lost metal. Um, those are presumably autonomy sh- soldiers, although, you know, I think that's open for speculation as well. Um, but they, it, it looks like they're awakened soldiers. So that's usually using like devotions system of magic. Um, but they're under autonomy's control. So my theory is that's why they have red eyes. Um, but then if you extend that to the fused, and I think this has to do with the question you last asked, Tom, um, probably the reason that the fused have red eyes and like red powers in general, um, is that odium is emulating surge binding, which is a different shards power, um, either honors or honor plus cultivations. So that's why odium's forces are associated with the color of red is that your understanding to, to both of you and if not like what are the differences in how we're looking at corrupted investiture
0: for me you're like in the same ballpark i think the only difference is that i have generally understood corruption to actually entail like essentially taking investiture that well if we're talking like on a shardic level it's like investiture that rightfully sort of belongs to one shard and on a like temporary to like semi-permanent basis like bringing that investiture over to like your side of the balance sheet and sort of like tipping the balance yeah um usually in quite small amounts but enough to like
1: make a difference so so this is getting tinfoil hat um is there a chance then that like uh, so I've always kind of wondered, well, it feels like we, we haven't fully accounted for the, I'll say, the location of Honor's body. Uh. Like, in in the sense that, like, the door is Devotion and Dominion's body. Like, like we haven't really accounted for the, the location of all of Honor's body. Um, I think maybe, like, maybe the Stormfather has part of it. Maybe all the Spirit have part of it. The, and there's there's a lot of places you can speculate about. But I wonder if Odium and this could be like a fundamental part of the oath pact. like maybe Honor and Odium agreed that in exchange for Odium being bound to Braze, Odium would be allowed to corrupt some portion of Honor's body. And that's where the yeah. fused come from. Or that's where the unmade come from, mm-hmm. or like that's for all I think of it, that sort of comes would from. make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I've long
0: thought that honor had a more direct hand in the desolations than we've been led to believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it would make a lot of sense. Um, and especially because we know that like the mixture of honor and odium is war, um, mm-hmm. which is incredibly thematic, and mm-hmm. so I've I've I thought basically since Rhythm of War that we ought to. Well, we have a very biased perspective on honor, I think. Right. I think that honor For was sure. not the great guy we think he is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Shards are not your friend. Shards are not your friend. I say it every time. <laughs> um, And uh-huh. I, I, I have long thought that the Desolations were to some extent honor's idea that like honor set the oath packed up the way he did intentionally for the purpose of creating the desolations. Like he knew that the Heralds couldn't hold to it. And that was like part of the point of it all.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I agree.
2: Very interesting stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, this really is. We could probably spend the rest of this episode on like two more wabs, but I don't know. Should we, uh, this might need to be multiple we... episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we got
0: to milk this content for what it's worth.
1: Now, uh-huh. let's go on to number three. Uh, sure. Right. You want to give it to us,
2: Mike? Uh, is it Mike's? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, Learpa, Lear HPA? Something like that. Asks, given that Stormlight Healing matches to mental self-image, as shown by both the Lopin and by the Reshi Monarch, Could a really powerful hypnotist change someone's self-image in a way that would affect stormlight healing? Could a powerful hypnotist use stormlight healing to change a human into a listener? And Brandon replies, Theoretically possible, to an extent. There is a limit to this, but the limitation is the amount of investiture you have and access to stormlight. Or, you know, Voidlight can evidence this transformations that are happening in the storm to the listener forms are involved in this. That could theoretically happen to a human as well. But you would basically, what most likely would happen is it would have to involve a specific set of circumstances and then entering the storm and then exiting as a listener. That could happen. You guys ask some far-fetched things. That one's not so far-fetched. It does require some specificity, but it could happen. So what's...
0: Yeah, what's immediately standing out to me is that he jumps to going out into the storm. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, huh, he gets there fast. Which is not even remotely how the question was directed in the first place, I think. Uh-uh. Which, which makes
2: me think yeah. that this question has touched on the that process, which we really yeah. don't know a whole
0: lot about. But it sounds like Brandon's saying that a human could, in theory go out in the storm and come back a listener, right? Like, that's what he says, pretty literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is yeah. kind of crazy. Is that
1: what happened to Rashadium? Rashadium? Oh. Ooh. Are, like, are they just horses that got left out in the storm one time and didn't quite die? Yeah. Like... That makes sense. I mean...
2: Well, like, there's some sort of, <laughs> like, not bond going on yeah, with Rashadium, isn't there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But... Like and, and well, I think like that Nahel Bond well, do Rashidia have gym hearts? We don't know. Do we
2: know? I, yeah, it, it's never been said. <laughs> okay. I assumed that they didn't because they're not crabs. But <laughs> uh True. but who knows? Yeah. We do know that uh that that they look a little weird in Shadesmire. Mm. They have like oh, that yeah. weird like to- afterglow. <laughs> Like after image, like oh, thing going Allah, on with them
1: Allah a little death, bit. Right? That's that's okay.
2: Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think they were described similarly.
0: I mean, we know that non Jim Hart creatures can form Nahal bonds. Um, humans, I mean, humans, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Notably, but like humans don't transform into singers when they no. form Nahal no, bonds. Not. Yeah, so we're talking about something that's I don't want to say deeper, but it's different than yeah. Then just not held Yeah.
0: I would maybe theorize that the specific set of circumstances would involve like the human has ingested a gem. So Uh, to do this, you might have to kind of do like uh, what um, Amaram does and like take a little gem like a pill and while it's sitting in your stomach, that would probably be, I would guess that under most ways this could happen, that would be a prerequisite.
1: Yeah. I was kind of thinking that a gym would magically form inside the person. But uh, your way makes more sense.
0: Yeah, I think what we've seen is that it's tough to create gems through peer investment. Yeah. Not impossible, mm-hmm. but tricky. Um that, I I would guess yeah, that would be part of the process if you're gonna actually make this work. And yeah, I think you'd have to have a lot of intent based shenanigans going on. hmm
1: I'm I'm probably reading too much into it here, but like Especially considering just, like, how fast Sanderson's mind went to this specific Mm -hmm. thing. It makes me wonder if this has happened before and even is, like, how Singers exist. Oh. Huh. Like, and maybe, like, that predates even, like, the shattering of Adonalsium. But maybe Adonalsium just put some humans here and exposed them to... And had some stuff happen. The the high storm.
0: That would... Actually explain um, a lot. Like, for instance, how they can breed. Right. Yeah. Right, And also, like, how they are
2: generally human-shaped yeah. on Crab World. Right.
0: Yeah. That's just... Yeah. Huh. That has some fascinating implications. Part of me thinks Brandon wouldn't do that because it... I think he He's really way... wants us to see the singers as being, like, a legitimate sort of...
1: Alternative yeah. to humanity. Yeah. But also, like, well, we have, like, a current Cosmere perspective on that, but, like, later on, we get, and we're, we're starting there already, like, the we have, like, Enter and dragons the, and, yeah, and the Dragons mm-hmm. as, like, genuinely alternative forms yeah. of sentience. that's true. Fascinating. Huh. Yeah, I don't know that I have a
0: ton else to say. It is extremely interesting to me that he, like, Carefully notes this is not as far fetched as some stuff. Yeah. I know,
2: yeah. Because it sounds like, on the surface, this question sounds ridiculous. Right. And it's wild that it's not.
0: Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna jump up to I'm gonna actually go past number four. Um <laughs> though if someone cares, that uh, Circe Weekends is doing good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but number five, so it's from World Hoppers Podcast. The epigraph that mentions discord in the final empire is the same chapter where Cezed is introduced. Was that intentional and meant as a way of foreshadowing? And then Brandon, he says a fair amount of stuff here, but essentially he says no, that was not intentional. Um, he wishes it was, but it was not. <laughs> yeah,
2: he tells us to pretend that that he's that clever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, do you guys have anything to? say on that i don't know that we really need to yeah I don't there's too much to add. I, I
2: do notice a lot of things like this and it is fun yeah uh to to think that they were intentional especially whenever he uses a word that is also the name of a shard uh yeah uh, it sets off uh, alarm yeah. bells
1: <laughs> for some reason the word whimsy just yeah. like drives straight up the uh. wall now whenever whenever i see i'm whimsy! Whimsy, like oh god the connections. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>
0: Um do you want to give us number 6 Nick?
2: Sure. Uh let's see. Uh Red Pill is for chumps uh, asks. Uh how's the search for the next stormlight title going? Um we can actually jump to yeah. this cuz it has been revealed. Yeah. Give by now. Us. Uh well, fuck shit. Now you're putting me on the spot. Uh <laughs> So I, I think it it's is, Knights of uh, and <laughs> truth. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, that's awesome. oh, I don't yeah. know it's official um,
0: official, but he said that's like close yeah. to official
2: and that does um that does complete the symmetry of like the initials of yep. all of the uh the titles in the first five books and it's um with well if you exclude if you drop the a in yeah. and
0: it's and yeah. it is a decent enough title um yeah it's got a little bit of like the sort of YA vibe on it with the blank of blank and blank but right we'll forgive that one bit, for the yeah. symmetry and uh uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah He did kind of write himself into a corner on that one a little bit. Well, it makes a lot
2: more sense now um, that why it was taking him so long because he was talking about like, you know, puzzling like in the answer that he gives in this live stream. He's like, I'm almost there, Um, which meant like there was a lot of consideration into it and a lot of puzzling it out. And um, the fact that he was doing the symmetry thing, which was something I was oblivious to until this title came out, Um, uh, which I should have noticed it and I didn't. Uh, but, uh, it makes a lot more sense now why that was a little bit hard to figure out.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to suggest we skip ahead a few. Sure.
1: Yeah. There's a couple like really short ones that don't don't really get into number 11. Do you want to give us number 11, Mike? Okay. So just a silver eye asks in the Cosmere, if everyone on a planet believes unicorns exist, Would some kind of unicorn shadow appear in the cognitive realm as a result? If yes, could you create an actual physical unicorn out of it? Brandon replies, No, it's not going to work quite this way. What's going to happen, if everyone believes unicorns exist, but they don't, there's various things that could happen. You might end up with some investiture taking on this persona and becoming this, but it's not like you can create it. But over time, you might end up with the equivalent of a sprint. Then it's not going to be just a physical unicorn running around. It's going to have more sprint aspects. And my guess would be that over time, these things feed each other, right? Like people see one and then they describe, this is what it looked like. And that changes the public perception to better match. And then over thousands of years, what you end up with is Hey, there's things in the forest over there that are a type of mysterious creature that are transparent and look a little like a horse with a horn, but maybe fly. Or things like this. You would end up with something in the middle between the two of them. Things wouldn't naturally pop up on Shadesmart unless there's free investiture in that same sort of way. Okay. I actually want to talk
0: about that last part first because it's actually, to me, the more like metaphysically interesting piece Uh uh-huh um Mm -hmm. which is the things wouldn't naturally pop up on shades more unless there's free investiture in that same sort of way
1: Mm -hmm. so what i think
0: that tells us is that the cognitive is pretty strongly rooted in the physical like um it's true that well so like imagine like a chair right so because people see it as a chair like it manifests as a chair with like a single like bead and shadesmar, right? Mm-hmm. Um as opposed to manifesting as four legs and a back and a seat, which you know theoretically it could if people saw it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I don't but what it suggests is that the thing does have to actually exist in order to manifest in that way. Like it has to exist first and then people's perceptions of it affect how it manifests, but if the thing just isn't there at all, it's not going to, like, get a bead in Shadesmar.
1: Yeah. So And, like, Sprin themselves, like Syl, mm-hmm. doesn't have a bead in That's Shadesmar. That's true, yeah.
2: Well, she has right? a completely different form in Shadesmar.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Um. But, like... But she's a different sort of thing. Well... Yeah. Like she's not the yeah. manifestation yeah. of a, she, she's not how a physical thing appears in Shadesmar. She is a sort of right. like secondary phenomenon of free investiture taking a form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean,
2: isn't like by the like the premise of like Spren, like she's the personification of like the idea, the abstract idea of honor. Yeah. As an honor Spren.
0: Yeah. And what it suggests um, is that, like in the cognitive realm, free investiture can sort of do this thing where people think something, and it sort of becomes that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not like a natural property of the cognitive realm; it's like a secondary yeah. effect of free uh-huh. investiture.
1: Uh huh. And actually, like another another way to frame this that I think is interesting, and I don't think this is different from anything you've said, Tom, already, but like this this unicorn thing. Um, what we're saying is that it could exist without any analogue in the cognitive realm. Like there wouldn't be a sprint form. There also wouldn't be a marble. It's it could exist in the physical realm without any analog. But then also we're saying that there's kinda of like two separate paths of existence it could be on. That it's on the the sprint path, where like If it has an analog, that analog would be essentially its sprint version in the cognitive realm. But it's a totally different path where it could be like an actual physical object path. And then its analog in the cognitive realm would be a a marble. Does that all kind of make I'm not sure I
0: totally followed. So so you're saying like if there was a real actual unicorn, then it would get a bead. Yeah, 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 agreed. Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, Well, it would be wouldn't it be more like how we see like humans, like human souls appearing? Like,
0: yeah, like, probably, yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's you're not right, an yeah. inanimate mm.
2: object would be like a bead. Yeah. You're right. right? Yeah. It
0: doesn't get a bead. Uh, yeah, it would uh, be, it, it, like would, be, it would be a oh, yeah. little so, like, candle animals flame. Yeah. You're right. You're right.
2: Thing like an animal. You're yeah. right. You're right.
0: You're right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But okay. it would, it would manifest in that sense. And I do think that, like the candle flame and the bead are like, to a certain extent, the same type of thing
2: right yeah. yeah it's just you know inanimate object versus like living yeah. thing
0: but yeah yeah that makes sense though yeah i think that like the actual living thing would get the flame so yeah so if if we like through like some terrifying breeding program create an actual unicorn it would yeah clearly that would manifest like that in shades more right um, um, well, there's um something more I mean, you're it's... trying to get at though mike Oh, no, okay. not not right. What,
2: really... what I think Brandon is describing is almost like over over eons, like this idea turns into its own spren. Yeah, um, if there's
0: free investiture to take it
2: up. If there's free investiture. Yeah. Then, as we're seeing with the weird fucked up experiments in Rhythm of War, then you could presumably oh. try to pull it into the physical. Yeah. And that that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> my
0: guess is that doing that requires a whole lot of juice. Yeah. Because I think that to yeah. make that happen when you're well, so this gets into what I think Ishar is up to, which I think that essentially what you have to do is you have to, like, <laughs> give them a body made out of – because you have to give – you have to have, like, material on hand to, like, become the body somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And Presumably, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, it seems extreme to try and, like, condense a body out of pure investiture. Maybe that's – look, that – feels more extreme than what he's doing
2: i mean we've seen investiture yeah. do that sort of thing not necessarily in stormlight but in the cosmere in general you know like the stuff that Aeon Dor can do is bonkers
0: yeah that's true
1: you yeah. know so it's like yeah. not
2: outside the realm of possibility by any means yeah. but it is powerful I shit wonder
1: if he he might just be like trying to use uh a, a, alternatively either a mystery or a chondra to like create Ooh. that body yeah that would actually
0: I wonder, probably work huh
1: yeah and it would be like less you wouldn't need as much juice and and then it's a different type of horror yeah huh yeah,
2: yeah no. now you're involving another thing in this fucked up yeah. plan
0: uh that would explain yeah. a lot of why it goes the way it does though i would expect that a mistwraith chondra would be able to survive the process
1: well, he might make sure they don't, though. Like, it might be like you sort of oh. have to kill it to an extent in order to, like, try to get the sprint mm-hmm. in there. I, like, again, I. Oh, so I have you think no he, idea. like, kills
0: the Mistraith first, and then when it. The thing happens. It's, because we have the notes talking about, like, he's sort of, like, trying to keep the sprint, or at least he's not actively killing them. Like, they die on their own because they're, like, non viable. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, but like it could be that. Well, he has to kill. Uh, yeah, words okay. are kind of <laughs> us here, I think. But he has to like kill the soul or the sprin of the let's say Condra. or like at least somehow he has to detach the chondra's soul from its body in order for the the sprin he's trying to bring into the physical realm to like to take like it take in, take up occupancy huh. of body. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I still feel like the physical form of the Condra would actually... Like, I feel like that plan would work better than what he's doing.
1: Oh, I see. Like, And then you don't think the Condra's physical form would fall apart? Yeah,
0: like, I think that would actually work, is the break. thing.
2: Uh, <laughs> like, I yeah, think that would do it yeah, once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, to, uh, spoiler alert for later questions in the stream, like, we do know there is a Condra on Roshar, yes. and we've seen it. Um, but yeah. we don't know who it is.
0: Yeah. Good old Waldo.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it, well, see the question I would want to ask is is that an entirely new character that we saw or was the Chandra impersonating someone we know ah when we saw that that would be interesting mm. right
1: or is it somebody that we think we we have known but it's been a Chandra the whole time?
2: that's also possible
1: yeah um, well, that's been my assumption with, with with Chandra
2: well yeah um yeah well so and uh, I believe I don't know where it was confirmed, but I believe uh the Chondra only appeared in one book that Brandon has confirmed. Uh oh, uh in my notes I said uh confirmed it was in Oathbringer. Oh.
0: Huh. I didn't know that was confirmed. Mm. Good catch though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Brandon's confirmed yeah. that we've seen um the You saw the
0: Condra World the, Hopper in it.
2: Go go to the copper mine for the source on that, but <laughs> I, I didn't write it down. No, I uh, but the, yeah. But um yeah so i mean skipping ahead uh to i guess that question um we know that uh uh the, the question basically asks um we like if that conjure that was confirmed in oathbringer uh didn't work for harmony because we were told in uh the lost metal that milan is the first chandra that harmony is sent off world um and that was confirmed correct uh that chandra does not work does for harmony work for harmony yeah um and brandon does know who that chandra is mm-hmm. um so but then on the copper mind uh uh it it confirms that um wherever he said that before it was in Oathbringer. okay so
0: gotcha gotcha
2: yeah brandon says he does know who that is and does know what they're up to and they don't work for harmony
0: yeah and I think that there was actually a previous swab where he said that did work for Harmony. Um, yeah, that but was. He simply that, said he doesn't know yeah. why he said that. So I'm going to assume there right. was like a misinterpretation or a just just something going on yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: yeah that that was talked about on
0: the stream. Okay. Um, yeah. um, I'm going to jump. Okay, I'll do number twelve. So this is from Chromatic Chaos. You said that all Investiture got assigned to a shard when Adonalsium got shattered. Which investiture do the Dawn shards draw from? What about the Aethers? And then Brandon responds, Dawn shards and Aethers both predate the shattering and the rules don't apply to them. I wanted to bring this up because it relates to um, a good bit earlier. We were talking about yeah that f- first. Yeah, yeah. question I think. Yeah, I think the first question. Yeah. So this this is also part of why I think like what they'll find is that the rhythms are just like different for the Aethers because. Yeah, they will not be like tied to a particular shard.
2: They're, uh, literally, um, going to the beat of their own drum.
0: Yeah. All right. So we had a final segment we wanted to do for you. That is a new thing for us and yeah, a little goofy and a little stupid, um, and, like us. Yeah, like <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, why don't you talk us through how this is going to work? Sure. Uh, this is a
2: segment that I uh, birthed from my brain uh, that we're going to call Heavily Invested, um, where we are... Like like we've seen in the examples of Twinborn from Miss uh, Mistborn Era 2, uh, wacky shit happens when you start combining different magic systems in fun ways. So we figured it'd be fun if we speculated on some randomly generated combinations of uh, invested arts. And for that, we're going to go to the wheel of investiture. <laughs> uh, I have plugged uh, basically every uh, magic system in the Cosmere that I can think of and find on the Copper Mind into a wheel on wheelofnames.com. And we're going to spin it twice to generate two different magic systems and speculate how they could be possibly wombo comboed. Uh, and uh, this might be silly. Um, we might get a lot of combinations that are just nothing. Um, but I have included every individual type of Alamancer plus Mistborn as its own thing. Okay. And then oh, wow. uh, yeah. I did the same thing with Ferrokemi. And all the surges uh in Surge Binding are their own things. Okay. Um and some other stuff and, so I, like- and I included some uh some other uh like non human creatures in here as well. So if that pops up it would be like mm-hmm. that creature with whatever power. Okay. Yeah. So just some fun d- sources of cool magic stuff that could be combined in maybe some cool ways. Okay. So and it, Nice. All right, so let's spin the wheel. This takes a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, so you got like up. you got to add, yeah, a- add yeah, No, there's yeah. there is
2: a noise on the website. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so uh, our first uh, our first invested art is uh, the soothing. Oh, okay. So uh, brass salamancer, mm-hmm. and then combined with um, and I think if this is if this pops up like a, a twinborn that we've seen before, and it's gonna, um, we can I'm gonna spin again because uh, we got uh, Farakemi Copper, but mm-hmm. twinborn are a thing that already exists, so we're not we're gonna we're gonna spin well, again. On no, that. but
0: I mean, I actually oh, think sure. that's interesting to talk about because that's a, that's even All right, totally well, let's talk possible. About it. Uh, so so Copper stores since. It's a cup oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, copper duh, 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 yeah, stores memories, um, yeah. yeah,
2: and then plus the power of soothing, yeah, huh? So does that combine in any cool ways?
0: We could speculate. Yeah, that's on I think the need to do with this yeah.
2: One. Well, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, either yeah, yeah, yeah. Resonances is definitely a way to go on this. Um, if like even if the yeah, mechanics yeah. don't actually like have cool combos, yeah. but yeah.
1: I don't I I don't see just like right off the bat, I don't see like an interesting synergy right. that doesn't require yeah. resonance between these Right. Two.
0: But I'm fascinated by what the because the resonances are often like almost thematic in a way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
2: my thinking on it is like the idea of soothing is like, I've always interpreted it as, like, a good soother. Like, we see uh, we see Breeze um, able to, like, tug on the emotions uh, and dampen the emotions uh, of what's already there. And I think I'm trying to think of, like, ways in which having a well of knowledge thematically can help with that.
1: I have a... An, an idea it's hard to even call this speculation because like i doubt brandon himself has worked like, out every concrete resonance yeah resonances for every possibility that is, 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 he couldn't There's too many um so essentially what we're doing is like here's something i might write if i was yeah, brandon yeah, writing yeah, the yeah. story it is, you know that's what we're doing but i've got an interesting one um maybe like a soother plus whatever you call a copper mind person um, could it, essentially they're like, they're the perfect teacher. You can like prepare yeah. somebody's mind to, to like transfer a memory to them directly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and thereby like share information um, either like directly from mind to mind or copper mind yeah. to someone else. So it's almost like, like you can just like,
0: So, so, romantically, I almost imagine, like, you have built, like, a spiritual channel between yourself and the copper. So, like, you're accustomed to sort of, like, moving data through, like, this spiritual channel. And then soothing um, has you establishing, like, a channel from mind to mind. Um, And it's almost like the resonance could be, like, a very incredibly subtle, but, like, imagine, like, a push, like, very slightly, like, through, like, the spiritual and cognitive like sort of like reaching out through the spiritual to like make a connection or maybe it's like if you already have a spiritual connection like mm-hmm. there's like a cognitive mm-hmm. channel that can like very very subtly like the information can like like the memories can pass through that that is actually really cool. yeah. yeah that'd be a really cool resonance to see
2: yeah for sure uh i i I was a fool for doubting the potential here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, yeah, and a um uh, uh a copper fairing is called an archivist, by the way.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, an
1: archivist. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, and that. Would, I mean, even just also in practice, that person would be an excellent teacher because they have a great store of knowledge, and would be able to like soothe away all of your various impatience and boredom and make you interested. Yeah. For sure. Imagine if Tindwell was also a uh, soother.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. She could have gotten some yeah. work done.
2: for yeah. sure. So, yeah. I, I Honestly, I think that's the segment heavily invested. Yeah. Uh, we could spin again if we want or that we could leave it at that. I think that's um, but the podcast. If, <laughs> I think that's the podcast. Yeah. This is uh, a nice. segment that we could come back to if yeah. we want. No, I like that. That if was good. Liked it.
0: Uh, um, if you didn't like it, um, yell at Nick. <laughs> Yell at me. <laughs> uh, just reach out to him directly um, in person at his house. <laughs> we'll give you Nick, his, his yeah, address. we we'll put that through it in the window. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Tweet at me on Twitter. Or Nick at underscore URSEVA on Twitter.
0: All right. Well, thanks, guys, for chatting today. Um, yeah. thank you, listeners, for listening. I hope that this was interesting and valuable to you. Bye. Bye. Farewell. Back on Toril, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The
2: Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have?
1: I'm a tiny little guy. Of course, I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you.
2: This Alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating to spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive.
1: Who the fuck? <laughs>
2: what
0: am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew.
2: I like that. We're crew.
1: That is
0: a natural one.
2: You send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh, I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity
0: well. No. A gnome, a halfling, and a half walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Dosh's his laughter.
2: <laughs> Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, <laughs> wait, uh, wait. Other way around. wait.
0: ProjectDerail.com